0: Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer Survey who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
1: Welcome to College Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is a very interesting episode, as it's a combo episode. We're going to be looking back at the Wolves 1-0 loss for form, which, believe it or not, I find very encouraging I want to get Max's thoughts on that. That'll be in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, we're going to do a transfer window review. We have a lot to get through in regards to the transfer window. I look forward to talking to Max about that. Also, just want to mention thank you to everyone that's been sending me some um, nice messages on Twitter, on Facebook, and just messaging me and actually emailing me personally. I'm doing better now. I just had a very bad cold. But thank you, everyone, for your nice, kind thoughts. I really appreciate that. All right, Max. Let's get going. Let's talk first about the Wolves match. Now, going into this, I was just thinking, you know, I predicted a, a loss for Fulham, but I thought it was going to be more lopsided than it was. I know they got nothing from this, Max. I'm encouraged coming out of it. It's strange to say, but that's how I feel. Just give me your opening thoughts on Wolves. On that match, they lose 1-0, but you know what? Foam made it very difficult on them.
2: Yeah, you have every right to be encouraged because it's the best we played all season. As far as I'm concerned, it was solid defensively. I mean, the whole first half, no goals conceded. It was it was a joy to watch that we actually didn't crack within the first ten minutes, and then, of course, we could we we conceded that sloppy goal and early in the second half. But what I like to us is that we really dominated towards the end. We brought That's the match right. to Wolves. I think would be remiss not to mention Lookman. I thought he was excellent. Oh, we're going to talk about yeah. him. And we've been crying out for that kind of attacking play, I think, for years in this Fulham side. Um, and I'm really encouraged by what I've seen, what I saw from him against Wolves. He's a guaranteed starter. And just that in that one counterattack when, you know, Kamara missed the chance, but I saw more quality from Lookman in that one 30 second bit of play. And we haven't I seen anything was, like that yeah, in and That's time. amazing. I think Mitch Rich is going to love that because that means more service yep. for him. Uh, so it was encouraging on both ends of the pitch, you know, defensively and attackingly. Um, I think people are really surprised what with Parker's lineup. Um, we'll we'll talk about that starts. too. <laughs> um, you know, Brian's a bit of a midfielder, wing back. Yep. I thought it worked very well. Uh, but you know, as you mentioned, the big takeaway is no points, and of course, the result was the result was poor. The performance was great, it was yep. it was encouraging. But we're at a stage of the season when we've lost all four of our matches in the league, and you know, I saw Mike Gregg put on Twitter: "We're in a good spot to kick on, but." we can't just kick on. We have to be essentially the 14th or 15th best team in the league for the next 34 matches. We can't just be the 18th, 17th. Like we, we have to play better, but not just the third worst team. We need to be a lot better than that because of the hole we've left ourselves in. Yes. Um, and that's going to transfer. That's going to you know translate to the transfer speculation, right? Um, because the fact of the matter is we left it too late. I'm really delighted with what we did last night, but we left ourselves in a massive hole. And any team who loses the first four matches and is left in that you know dead last, 20th in the league, it's going to be a Herculean effort to stay up. Hopefully, we've given ourselves an opportunity to do that with the players. But I think we're going to look back in May and say, why did it take until deadline day to get those players?
1: Well, it's interesting, Max. And uh, we'll definitely talk about the transfer window. But I, I'm just going to share my thoughts on the Wolves match. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this because I, the performance was much, much better. and defensively and uh were we toothless moving forward you know i've had people mention that and uh, i can understand that because again we didn't get that many shots on target and we had other opportunity from kamara and i you know again right up the goalkeeper he could have gone either way and i've actually listened to that on the fulmish podcast. the right you know he could have shot either way and then it probably would have been a goal but it was the opportunity that was created that was encouraging but going back to what you said about our co-host Mike Greg. Mike is right about this because Mike follows the trends and everything in regards to points. Mike is that's one of Mike's things. So I'm with Mike on that because we're now behind the eight-ball. We talked about this with Mike, and that's the problem with losing four in a row. We are now behind the eight-ball. And uh that's the bad part to come out of this. The good part, obviously, Max, is the fact that. We saw a much improved home side, and we're going to talk about that in this first half hour. And listen, if you're watching live and you have a question for Max and I, please feel free to share it in the comments section. We might get to it during the show. So, Max, I want to start here because I think this is big. Defensive improvement against Wolves. So let's look at this because what's interesting about it, and you watch it back, you already talked about because I definitely want to get your thoughts on the starting 11 in a little bit, but the shape was so much better. It really was moving forward a four-two-three-one, but in defensive shape, it actually was five at the back with Joe Bryan playing in the back. You know, so again, it really turned out to be really like five at the back defensively. But going forward, it was it was different. But it was really just a good defensive performance, and everyone was doing their job. You know, I keep going back to players just need to be doing their job, and they made things very difficult on a team. That I thought was just going to own us. Now, I've heard watching the match that their weakness was, again, their win backs aren't the same. And maybe that affected them against Fulham, but no excuses. Fulham
2: really did a nice job stifling that team. Yeah. As we said, Wolves were very poor in that first half. And we did benefit from that, you know, because you could argue argue the three teams we lost to in the first three matches were teams really on good form. And We've seen that in the results. I mean, what Villa did to Liverpool and what Leeds have done now to City um, and Liverpool, we played teams in good form. I think we got the fortune against uh, Wolves of playing a team who wasn't in good form. Right. Uh, but you're right. I think I was shocked, honestly. You know, Le Marchand gets a Premier League start. This is a player who couldn't even get a Premier League st- a start in the championship last season at all. And he s- slots in and did all right, you know. He, he did fine. Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Tim Ream did fine. Did well. Did well. No, Michael Hector in this team, and I think that honestly, hate to say it, that might be a reason why I think we played better. Hector was our worst defender to date, yep. and you know that's that's just the truth. I, you know, you know he was poor. I mean, I, I'm going to point the finger at him for the goal, perhaps for not closing out enough. Uh, but I was really encouraged by Robinson. I, I like the way Brian played. I thought it was a nice gamble by Parker. He had to switch it up. But I think yep. we need to realize is that. We played well against Wolves defensively, better than we have in any match before. Yeah. But that defense is not going to be the same defense the rest of the season. You no. know, we got Anderson. We got Adarabayo. We're going to get Loftus-Cheek in midfield. That's encouraging to me, is that we can, we can play well, we've shown, with these second-string players, but it's a luxury because they don't have to start now. We don't have to listen to Ream start and LaMarche start every week. We can depend on perhaps better players, which we've gotten, right. which I think is a really good bonus, is that even with this good performance against Wolves, We'll have even better players in for the rest of the season.
1: Okay. Well, let's get to this because, again, I'm glad that you have already talked about Let's talk about the starting 11 because it was very interesting. first thing that stood out for me was Robinson and Brian playing together, and uh, I thought they played very well together, honestly. And uh, I, I, you and I have been talking about let's see what this would look like, and uh, I thought it looked pretty good. You know, and and this is all before we had Lookman being introduced in the second half. We're just talking about how it all looked on paper. And I'm thinking, this is going to be okay on the left hand side. I was very concerned about the center back pairing. I was very concerned. And I think rightfully so. When I looked at Reem and LaMarshall, I'm thinking, what is he doing? But what are his options at this point, Max? And uh, I wanted to see Ana get, get another. Chance, I disagree with you. You know, again, we could talk about the goal. Yeah, possibly he had a had a part in in that goal, but I thought he was decent, not great, decent at times. I don't think he was terrible, but that's just my opinion on that. But beyond that, i I thought of I thought it was fine. I, I really thought the lineup was fine. What were your thoughts about the starting eleven?
2: It was confusing, honestly. I think a lot of people didn't realize what, what the <laughs> formation would be. Um, we just had a lot of players in places you wouldn't expect them. I think you know, Robinson at the kind of left-back area of that, yeah. or the left of those three center backs, that's where I think he played. Yeah, um, It was a gamble. But as we mentioned, he's kind of um, underlapping runs up the middle when Brian yeah. drew the defenders out wide, and Robinson showed his pace th- through the yeah. middle almost. That worked a treat, and that was something we haven't seen full in a while, that kind of energy runs from deep. Uh, that was excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree Cavalera shouldn't be getting another start. At this level, it's not good enough in the Premier League. And nope. I want to say for the entire team, the level of service from Matt Watt was awful the entire match. So that was probably one of the lowest points, I think, from this in this game is that there was just terrible service to Mitra, Poor crosses, under it, over That's one of the reasons I'm really frustrated with Aina because I think yeah, yeah, his, his delivery is just His crossing awful.
1: was not good at all. Um, no but, question about
2: that. you know, he's not the only one, right? I don't want to single him out because Cavalera is poor. I think the only really good cross at all match was when Kamara came on um and maybe he should start maybe not but i think lookman definitely has to start in that position
1: yeah i totally agree totally agree Man, it, it was a
2: makeshift starting 11. yeah but again we didn't get to see it in the first half and that was the biggest issue we all identified was the defense right and a defense which very few expected to work it did work that's encouraging it is encouraging
1: and because again we're going to be seeing different players get into the mix that should change how everything looks and you know when we're going to be talking about Lookman, in just a second, because it looked like with Lookman a completely different side. That's how different the team looked when he was added to it. And we'll again talk about him in just a bit because I want to spend some time talking about him. But you know, it's interesting to look at that. I'm glad that you talked about defensively, it was really like Robinson adding that third, I guess you could say third center back, and then you had, 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 uh, uh, Brian, and then of course I, Iena being like like the five, you know that turned out to be a five defensively, and it really it it did its job. But moving forward, it really was a four two three one, and and uh, I think you know again did it offer enough? No, uh, absolutely not. But I think when we look at the players that are going to be added to it, I mean just adding Lookman to it, it looked completely different. So let's talk about that now. I want to talk about him because I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but I'm going to. He looks like the real deal. He really does, and I'm trying to think of Max watching him. Have you seen a player like that? When? When's the last time you've seen a player with that type of skill? Take on players like that with foam? Well, who's the last player that that he reminds you of? I'm
2: curious your thoughts on that. You have to go back a while. I mean. I would say Ryan Sessegnon off the top of my head, but again, Sessegnon didn't run at players the way Lukman did. Sessegnon was very talented, but he wasn't someone just take players on. Um, you know, Karen Fry almost springs to mind as someone oh, just wow. a really talented wow. dribbler. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you can find other examples, but we honestly haven't had that many out and out wingers. Uh, Not like in recent times and just have that energy and and the skill, the moves he's put on the one twos, the the vision he had it was just such a burst confidence. of confidence. Yeah. Confidence. Um, and, and that's great because again, he wasn't getting playing time at Leipzig. We can offer him that playing time. He can give us that extra dimension. It's a win-win for all parties. He'll start. I think he'll be a guaranteed starter. And a lot of people are saying this can be kind of like a Ryan Bobble signing. You know, we got him in January of the last Premier League season. never everyone kind of derided it at first and said, Oh, well, what do we need this winger for? Our defense is terrible, but it turned out the attack also needed a lot of, you know, upgrades and he. Bobble private upgrade. So yep. that's a comparison I would say. Um, I really do think Lookman is kind of almost underrated in how the fans have taken to it because everyone knows we need a center back. That was the main focus, but left a little bit unaddressed was the attack is honestly a lot of de- devoid of ideas in the final third for right. stretches. And Lookman can be a player who gives us that you know, creativity, ingenuity, penetration, and we need that in the in the final third.
1: Totally agree. And uh, I'll also mention different position, but I expect Ruben Loftus-Cheek to add something to our attack going forward as well. I can't wait to talk about him, but we'll talk about him in in just a bit, my friend. But let's talk about this because, again, we're just talking about things that stood out from this match, and I want to talk about this. Again, I am jumping to conclusions. Ariola
2: seems like an upgrade to me, Max. I would say for sure. Absolutely. The saves he made against Wolves, I think, kept in the match for, for I mean, the double save I remember he had when um, Sameda was cleaned through, he somehow tipped it out, had his body in the way. He was excellent. It was, again, I think that was his best match for us. That could just be a situation in which he needed to gel. You know, you come into a new team, you don't know the system immediately, and you have a rough start. But I do think it's comfortable to say he's better than Rodak. It's very harsh on Rodak to be dropped, but yeah. I think you always knew we needed to keep it coming in with a pedigree of. PSG, he was going to be a really quality keeper. And, he, and he's showing that with his saves. Um, and it's like kind of Benelli situation last time. You know, you get yourself promoted. Rodak thinks he should get the number one spot. Plays a match and suddenly he's on the bench. But I think that's the kind of ruthlessness we need. You know, Ariola is just a better player. He's not going to be the fan favorite right away. Yep, Because he's still planning Rodak. But I think it's a good call.
1: A couple double saves.
2: I'm just saying
1: he... Was a different, he kept the match close. We'll just leave it at that. So, I just watched this and thinking we might actually have enough grade on our hands. Nothing against Marek Rodak because I, I wanted Marek Rodak to play, but we need the best players out there to be starting. And uh, Ariola just seems to cut above, so just wanted to mention that as well. All right, my friend, I, I want to ask you again your thoughts on let's go back and let's just talk about the goal they gave up because again, you come out of the half with a goalless draw. And then, you know, you know that Wolves are going to be coming at you. And uh, I thought that they were handling it again with, with the saves from Ariel. And then right afterwards, you give up the goal. Now this is deflating your thoughts about giving up that goal early in the second half.
2: Yeah. It was a really poor time to give it up, as you mentioned, because we're just thinking if we keep this no, nil for long enough, maybe we just pinch the winner at the end or at least keep yep. it scoreless. And, you know, right out of the bat, we, we don't start halves well. That's one thing that was consistent in this match is coming out of the halftime interval. We look lethargic, and Wolves, I think, were angry. I think Nuno gave him a halftime team talk and essentially said, look, this is full of me. You're better than this. We need to play our style. We need to be more aggressive. And you can see the passing was so much quicker from Wolves. We didn't truly react. And, you know, Wolves honestly could have had a goal even before uh, the strike that went in from Neto. They had a lot of good chances. This one, I think... Encouraging things within the goal though, to be fair. You know, Robinson throws himself at the first block. Yep. Right. And that's the kind of dedication we haven't seen a lot. That's right. Players throwing themselves at, at, at oncoming shots. We see a lot from other teams against us, but just that level of dedication was heartening to see. It was a below average clearance from Reem that you can point fingers at, I think you definitely should. He didn't get the ball clear well enough. But again, I think Aina, when you're in that right back position, and Mitrovic, actually, the striker, is closer to close down Pedro Neto than the right back is. You know, Mitro is throwing his body at it, yep. and Aina didn't seem in it, was off the pace, slow to react. That's frustrating. It was a good shot, to be fair, but right. I do have to point fingers at, at the right back. You have to be alert to that to that danger.
1: Okay. Well, you know, again, I like I said, <coughs> I understand what we're talking about. Look, all of it was unfortunate, but what's interesting about it, we've already talked about Fulham then – again their heads could have dropped at that point max it could have been two to three nil but it wasn't that in fact Fulham were in it until the very end and um let's just end by talking about the opportunity that we both were just talking about earlier and it's just unfortunate because it was right there for abubakar kamar and i'm going to say this and i'm sorry i'm going to say this i love uh, abubakar kamar i love his energy he's not a premier league striker he just isn't he's again, maybe off the bench, I can see it. And that's what it was in this situation, but you need to be scoring in these situations because players in this league would score there. He should be scoring here and he didn't. And uh, that to me is the difference between Fulham in the championship and Fulham in the premier league. They need players that are going to score that opportunity. He just didn't do it.
2: Yeah. And even though I do like Kamara, I am one of his fans, you have to point the finger and say that's just not good enough. Not because good enough. It was put on the plate for him by Mitra. And not just that, the Lookman buildup, it was a lovely counterattack. And you couldn't ask for better service right in the box, on the ground, right in front of the goalie and he was just right at him. And listen, I criticize Bobby Reid for missing easy chances, and I'll criticize Kamara for doing it. A the goal there is priceless. And when you don't have the quality on the pitch to score goals, you're gonna lose, you know, four out of your first four matches, right? And that, that's kind of the thing where I've said this in the past, like, in many ways, this isn't a surprise that we're dead last in the Premier League. Because I think we probably have the weakest squad in the Premier League. Now, the new additions might change that. But yep. in terms of Wolves match, you just look at the players. You Again, very, very few Premier League players out on the pitch. I think Lukman was one of them. And Gisa, Mitrovic, maybe Areola. But again, when you have less than half your team Premier League quality, and again, I said this last week, it's such a good marker. What players in the Fulham team would start in any other team in the division and you really struggle to find any, that's when you know you're in trouble. Yeah, And that's what happens when you miss easy chances. And I like Kamal a lot as an option off the bench, but even that, if you're off the bench, you have to score those, those chances. We did it. Uh and we just didn't create enough for us honestly. no. We can point the finger at one chance. It was an excellent really well developed chance, but well, we
1: should be creating more than this. Yeah, and I, I think I, about I, what were
2: should. the other, what were the other options that to score in the match and I'm really struggling to find any. I am too. Again, don't be too negative here because I think there were encouraging signs we just talked Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And again, we're going to get the three deadline day signings integrated to the squad. Will be exciting, but just from that one match, it's not a Premier League quality team we gave it our best. And that was something was different. You know, we were in it until the end In every single other match of season, you know, without the leads match, maybe, but the game was over half an hour and we were three goals down an hour gone. You know, this match, we were in it the entire time. And if anything, the last 10 minutes, we were actually knocking on their door trying to make something happen. So that's what really gave me confidence that there's fight in this team. The question is, is it too late?
1: Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Good stuff looking back at the Wolves match, but let's transition. Let's now talk about the transfer window. And at the very end, I'm going to have you rate the window. We're, we're not there yet. I, I want an overall assessment of the window, but let's start here because again, like anyone else, we're, we're going to be focusing more on deadline day because there were three signs. We'll focus on that, but we'll talk about the window as a whole when I get your rating there, my friend, but let's start here because I know, like me, you were following this closely. And what's interesting about this player, this we started hearing about this fairly late, maybe a few days before. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. And Fulham were chasing other center backs. But they have finally got this center back. And um, I want to get your thoughts on it, because everything I've heard about him at Sampdoria, and I actually just spoke to um, the producer for the Couchill Land podcast, Alex Goldberg, who's been on this show about Chelsea, but he also produces this Italian um, podcast, said on their podcast, when he played for Sam Doria, they talked about him in glowing details, okay? So that made me feel good. That's the uh, podcast with David Amoyal, which I'd highly recommend. So it sounds like he had a very good stint in Italy, not so much... In uh, France, but again, what I'm reading, it sounds like some of that had to do with the fact that they went to three center backs. He just didn't
2: fit. But for Fulham, what are your thoughts about bringing in this player? I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of him before. We heard linked with him, to be fair. Um, But Leon paid a lot of money for him. He did. Before, as you mentioned. That that's you. a big statement of intent. You know, he hasn't quite played many matches for the Danish national team, but he is. I think he's capped once or twice. But... At this point, it's a it's a center back, and I'm not going to come here and say guy guy's going to be our savior because I just I don't, I, don't, I don't know how we react. Concerning signs though are that you know we bought another player from Ligue 1, the French league. <laughs> We've not had a great history of that in the past, Russ. you know that oh, I know. it's a different style of play. It's a much quicker pace in England. That's one thing that concerns me, but I really think he could be an excellent addition based on what people are saying. He's tall. Apparently, he's good at his feet, but very good in the air. Um, ball playing center back is ball as well. playing center back yeah. that we know anyone we're going to buy has, has to fit the Tony Khan mold of ball playing center back, and right. I'm happy with that. But even even if you got a center back, you know, I couldn't even carry the guy. Was we finally got someone, and, and and that's what I was just delighted. About. I was like, we just finally got a central defender, right? Um, the position we know we've known we have to get since you know the final whistle at Wembley. But I'm encouraged by this. Again, yeah. I've never seen him play. He hasn't played for them at all. I think. With transfers, I don't wanna fall in the trap of producing someone a success or a failure before I've even seen them play. Cause I think back to Alfie Mawson. And I remember I was over the moon and I think it was me and Giannis had had a call back in, you know, summer, August, 2018 about it. And we said, this is amazing. We've seen Mawson play for Swansea. He's a prebly quality player, it would be great for us. And we saw how that poorly that turned out. Um, And we've had players who don't think, we didn't think would do well and then went and did well. So. I don't want to give a huge verdict here, but you look at a player who's played in Serie A, played for Lyon, one of the top teams in France, played in the Champions League. Yeah. it's another factor, played with Kenny Tete a bunch. I was just about to mention that. So that's, you know, some... That's huge. That's huge. That's big. I think it checks a lot of boxes and it's very encouraging. I'm going to save my judgment until he makes his debut. But a player like Anderson, he's a player we want. And I think it's fair to say... He'll be an upgrade over every single option we have now, just based on his pedigree. I think it's fair right. to say he'll be better than Tim Ream, he'll be better than Lamar Sean, better than Hector, better than Adoy. And that's all I asked for is an upgrade. So right. by this by this token, I'm, I'm delighted by it.
1: Okay. And we're going to be talking about Joachim Anderson and, and uh, knowing Kenny Tete and other players as well, because I, believe it or not, I want to talk about what, what I'm calling the buddy system, because it's not just him who knows – a full employer. Again, you watch these videos. There is another player that we'll be talking about in just a bit that again, knows a full employer. And I think that's a factor in all this, the com- being more comfortable with your teammates. I think that's huge. And the fact that he played with Kenny Tete and, and obviously Kenny Tete told him about the club. And we're going to talk about this as well, Max. The fact that he's coming has to speak well of how Kenny Tete feels about the club. So this is good twofold because you've got two players from Leon, They both want to play here and one's already here talking to the other. So that to me is encouraging. So, but we're going to have to see if Joachim Anderson works out. I hope he does, but uh, yep. only time will tell. And um, we've seen failures, you know, and again, you brought up Alfie Moss and I was over the moon like you and it didn't work out for whatever reason, It didn't work out, so who knows? All right, coming up next, I'm going to talk to Max about another center back coming to Fulham. Okay, Max, Fulham added another center back on deadline day. It's funny because this wasn't the one I was thinking they were going to get. In fact, there were talks that they might have gotten three. One fell through, but they got a player from Man City. Now, granted, he has been out on loan for the past two seasons in the championship. I'm going to try to say his name. Tosin Adarabayo, hopefully I'm saying it right. Huge player. I, mean, I think he's six five. huge. You know, again, maybe not. I'm talking about height-wise. And uh, what I've read about him seems positive. What are your thoughts about Tosin coming to form another center back?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Pep Guardiola said about him, couple of years ago that he saw a future for him at Man City. It hasn't turned right. out that way. Understandable. It's very hard to break into the first year at Manchester City with the players they have. But, you know, he was very highly rated. He was supposed um, to be the replacement for company. Yeah. You know, I, I read that too. And, you know, he'd been with City since I think he was like five, which is like an insane 18-year stay at City and, and he's finally left permanently. But I think that shows a lot, first of all, about what he thinks of Fulham. Because right. I know it's very hard to leave your boyhood club, especially a clubs as good as Man City. If you think there's a chance of breaking through, but he said, listen, this is time my career to branch out and, and start a new chapter. And I think one of the things Tony Collins said was he really wants to be here. You know, unlike, you know, Baumgartland, whatever. Um, uh, the other guy who came from Eindhoven who fell through. Yeah. Out seems like actually wants to be at full, which is a great bonus. Yep. And I've seen reports we've paid as little as, you know, two million pounds for him, which would be amazing. It's crazy. That's one thing I would like to say again about the deals on Transfer Deadline Day. We didn't splash the cash. Nope. I think we were very, very economical, and, and I, I massively rate that. You know, we didn't overpay for anybody this window, no. with the exception of Anthony Knockart, um, which has been pointed to a lot, and, and maybe Bobby Reed and Cavalier. Those were back in January, but yeah, you know, those three wingers. I think we've all paid around. Made 10 more money for that. Than, yeah. Than than the quality Premier League players that we're bringing in now, which I think is a testament. I think to one Tony Khan on deadline day making yep. very good deals, and as fans, you know, I've of course criticized a lot. Uh, the transfers this up until deadline day and said, you know, why haven't we gotten players? A reason for that might just be we're trying to get the best price. It's a tough trade-off, right? Awesome. I, I think every fan would probably agree. We'd rather have the players in beforehand, even if it means paying more. But of course, from a business standpoint, you know, the director of football would want to get the best deal possible. I just think it's, I think it's good business out of bio. Um, you know, he hasn't played, he's never made a Premier League appearance. That's no. the only negative against him. He said he wasn't up to the grade at City, but no other Premier League team has loaned him to take him on. Uh, but, you know, he's impressed at Blackburn, impressed at West Brom. And I think it's a good young English centre-back. It, it fits the mold of the signings we want at yeah. But again, I'm not going to make any big pronouncements about him. As you mentioned, he's physically very strong, very tall, you know, 6'5 centre-back. Uh, yeah, tall players. You know, maybe, maybe we'll stop conceding every goal from a set-piece now. Um, but also, Michael Hector is very tall, and he can't defend for his life from the set piece. So <laughs> I would I wouldn't make any uh, conclusions. But again, this is an encouraging signing. This, honestly, as I said for Anderson, it takes a lot of the boxes of what you know you want in a signing—a young British player who's come from a good team, but is hungry and wants to prove himself.
1: Okay, very good. I'm going to share this comment from my friend in Spain, Roger Lewis. Six weeks ago, Tony Khan did not know which division we would be in to get. The two upgrade center backs in that we were screaming for is great business. It is great business. And I want to talk about this. Six
2: weeks. I mean, it's been two months. Okay. Okay. But it's a good point. It was a very, very. I will
1: say that it's been years since we got a dominant center back. Okay. And, And we still don't know about these two, but here's the thing. And I think this is the rub when it comes to the window. And I don't know if. Tosin became available late I don't know if Anderson became available late and I think that's the nature of how the window works Max I, I think that's a factor in this that maybe these players were not available two three weeks ago but they became available as the window started to close this stuff happens so I'm not giving Tony Khan a pass on this because I I wanted center backs in earlier totally with you on that I still an I'm angry that he let Moss and go before he brought these players in. Okay. That's just how I feel on that. But I had a feeling that he would get the center backs in and we have been, there's some speculation on, it seemed like every center back across the world, but. PK. What? That. <laughs> let's not go back to that. But when you look at it, to go back to, how many that they were rumored to to get to, and I know it's late because we talked about this, but I I do think that the window, the way it's structured,
2: it does lend itself to all these deals at the end max. Agree, and you know what we have to be realistic about the the nature of football and how business is done. Things happen late. Uh, it was just frustrating to see that you know Tony Khan has been public about he knew he needed to get players early and he mentioned he tried to get players and everything fell through, right? That famous tweet, the COVID tweet, the personal issue, free bet, whatever, all the litany of of reasons why we didn't have a center back. That to me indicates there were players in the market and we were just unfortunate whatever reason. But you have to be ruthless, I think, as a fan, Russ, And you have to be understanding in some instances, but this this is their job to improve the team, to upgrade the team in key areas. And no matter what way you cut it, waiting until the deadline day it was too late. I think it was too late. I think we can still stay up. I'm not saying we're down, but we're in a four losing streak hole. You know, four matches losing streak hole. And I, I'd say that was partially avoidable because of when we did business. That could have been avoided. But I think at this point, you know, listen, we've been critical on this podcast. I've been very critical. But 34 matches to go. We have the team we have until the January window. But this is. Our side now and we have to get behind them and say listen we well, have this our, uh, we're gonna talk about that as well are we
1: done yet we're gonna talk about that in a uh, little bit we do need some championship
2: yeah okay, that's fair efl yeah, deals that's a that's a good point we haven't read any links but you know keep keep the options open okay. but, <laughs> yeah my, my main point is which i think you understand yep. is that we can criticize the policy all we want yep. now it's on to the manager and the players perform
1: I, I totally agree listen I have uh someone who's joining us right now. This would be our college talk host. I'm glad that he had time to do this with us. Um, Mr. Danello, how are you doing? Thank you for joining Max and I for the tail end of our show, half of our show. Yeah, right half
3: now. The show. It's good to see. I hope you're feeling better, Russ. You sound like you're standing in back, in much better shape than I spoke a couple of days ago. Hello, Max.
2: Thank how you. Are you. Yeah, I was just messaging Emilio and I said we gotta get in the show soon and regulators yeah, in the show. It's
3: great. Wave to magic wand. I've just <laughs> had a punishing day at work, just on the, I've just come off a call with the US. So yeah, just just that's it now. I'm done for the day. So if I lost my voice, you know why? I'm just literally <laughs> all day talking on the phone at work. Um, and to Americans, that's even worse. Talking to Americans is <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Well,
1: Emilio, thank you so much for joining Max and myself. And uh, before we get back and talk about the transfer window, since you're just joining us, thoughts yeah. on the wolves' loss? You uh, Max and I started the first half of the show, I just want to get your overall view on that.
3: Um, Encouraging, there's a lot of courage on the pitch. um we looked more organized. we didn't always look particularly threatening, but put aside that just we looked more composed, more calmer from in defense. we weren't as sloppy as we have been in recent in recent games. The team just needed a little bit more gelled and united. so I think there's a lot of positives to come from that game if we can keep it tight and the fact that we were the lowest scoring match in the uh, in the Premiership all weekend and that', that that's saying something you would have thought you know, we'd be at the wrong end of a 7-2 thumping rather than Liverpool against Villa. But overall, there's a lot of cards from that performance. You know, Yes, we lost and I get that, but we only lost by one goal. On another day, if we had better quality up front, we would have got a point from that game. You know, At this level, I've said it time and time again, you can keep it tied to the back. If you're not going to take your handful of chances that you create, you're not going to pick up anything from the, from these games. These games are coming in thick and fast. Yep. The division is very difficult, but Wolves haven't had the best of starts, but we we contained them, I thought, at times. I thought we looked, we passed the ball quite neatly. Like I said, we didn't give the ball away cheaply. You know, Areola made a crucial double save early in the first half. So we started to see his potential. So that's and that's a big positive. Le Marchand <laughs> and Tim Ream in the back. OK, that's probably likely to change based on the signings in the last 24 hours. But equally, they, we just look more organised as a team. we are set up better. we are probably set up not to lose in a funny way. From yep. the other games, we'll you know, I just think Scott Parker resorted more to a typical championship style of football. Right. And he almost got his, his just rewards by getting a, an equal, which I think would have been well deserved. I think we deserve to draw from the courage, the heart, and not giving up. But at times, offensively, we, we're lacking a bit of invention, a bit of quality. And I think that's, you need that, you need goals in the tank to win your games. Let's not forget, we have to win 10, 11 games in this division. But last night's transfer signings will give us an opportunity to be tighter at the back and hopefully a bit more quality up front. But um, but let's see, overall, can't complain. After the first three games of the season, that was a good performance, coming back after that dreadful performance against Brentford as well. On the third, you know. Totally
1: agree, Emilio. Before we talk about the third player that came on uh, transfer deadline day, I want to get your thoughts on Fulham adding the two centre-backs. Like Max and I were talking about, we, we're only going on what we've heard. Yeah. And these two players, first of all, are huge. We're talking like six, five. These players have height. And yeah. it looks like based on what I'm reading, they're both play balling center backs. which again, as Max said, this is kind of what Tony Khan is looking for for Scott Parker. It probably is what Scott Parker wants as well. So just in general, thoughts on bringing in these two center backs And we have been rumored to, I
3: don't know how many center backs. But these are the two that they brought in. And I've heard good things about both. Yeah, absolutely. I think the you know, the reviews seem to be more seventy percent favourable versus the thirty percent slightly mixed, you know, from some of the people. You'll get that with any any player that you that we're linked with or with your purchase. But overall the height gives us hopefully a bit more structure and coverage from set pieces. We know how weak we are from set pieces, how many goals we've conceded from corners, set pieces. We're very, very you know, we're easy to play against. So hopefully that will protect us in the air and obviously give us a little bit more composure. The, in the, both guys come with you know, reasonable credentials. You know, the key thing is let's keep it tight at the back. You know, I'm hearing some views that they're both confident coming out forward with the ball as well. So rather than... Scott Parker wants to play a defensive style of football and likes to play the ball between the players. So you need to have players who can keep possession, right. keep it confidently without giving the ball away cheaply and putting your your fellow team colleagues under pressure. So. On the ball, there seem to be um seems read very good feedback from these two from opposing from the previous you know clubs that they were playing for. And overall it can only improve our chances. Let's be honest. It's it's gonna strengthen our defense for, you know by a country mile. we we were playing on Saturday, two defenders who were totally incompetent at the Premier League two years ago, yet they're still figuring in two years later. That just doesn't feel right to me. So Tony Khan, albeit it's taken a while to make a decision, let's let's commend him for Not giving up pursuing his his targets and he's got two of them to be honest and like i said see the feedback seems to be positive and favorable so it can only help and aid our chances but for me it's we we're too easy to concede against and from set pieces we're very liable to concede time and time again so having that height that physical presence i think is going to be key to just keeping the ball in out of the back of the net and nariola can then start to shine because he's on sunday with the more composed central defenders in front of him. I said he was an
1: upgrade from yeah. that match. I, th- I think he now has proven himself to be an upgrade, Amelia.
3: Absolutely. And I think he, by having two stronger p- players in, directly in front of him, that's going to mean he he can start to shine a little bit more. Whereas previously, every error that was made, it was focusing on the goalkeeper's mistakes, could have done better. Central defenders giving the ball away cheaper and conceded a goal. Now we're going to be, a li- hopefully as a unit, we're going to be a bit more organized. But let's see how long these guys take to settle in. That's going to be the key thing. Yep. You know, it's, I think the length of time. Hopefully, they can hit the ground running straight away, and maybe we've got another bread ha- bread to in the making here. Another six. You know, who knows? <laughs> Not many that would of us nice. had a 10, 11 years ago. <laughs> look, look at that. You know, at the end of the day, look at the look. Look what he gave us defensively. Once exactly. He made mistakes, that's, but. You know, the team defensive with him and Aaron Hughes at the time was, was a lethal defensive pilot. and Roy Hodgson had the right players to play to his systems. Yep. So hopefully, these two guys will play to Scott Parker's style of football, like I said, more comfortable on the ball and defensively tall and strong. So I think that's a massive positive.
1: Okay. All right, Emilio, I'm going to give you the honors, and then I'll go right to Max, because I mm-hmm. messaged you a few days ago that I started hearing things about this player. I wanted this player.
3: <laughs> yeah, you did.
1: Okay, I really wanted this player because I've seen this player really, I know his ability and I've seen his potential. I have to say his Uh ability and potential. He is coming off of a serious injury, (laughs) but I got to tell you, if we get the player that was on the rise, this is a (laughs) hell of a situation for Fulham. And if they're having a problem figuring out a place for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, they need to find a place for Ruben Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> I think he is going to add so much to Fulham. I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on him coming to Fulham?
3: Great signing. Again, It's uh, you know we did talk about this on Saturday, weren't we? We were just talking yes. about this. It. it seems to be surplus to requirements at Chelsea. They've spent a lot of money this transfer window, over £200 million. He will fit in nicely into our system. We need strength in that midfield. You know, he's a significant upgrade to Josh Onima, Let's be honest. I, I've seen a very similar type of players, physically strong, but look at the golf in, in quality, very, very different. And, you know, it's a massive upgrade to Josh Onima. So for me, he if he can stay free from injury... I know, and that's a big play if. ...play like he did two years ago at Chelsea when he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was coming forward, winning boards in midfield, scoring goals, assisting goals. That's what we need. We haven't got enough goals in the tank at the moment. If he can add that physical strength in central midfield... And like I say, push forward and, and they make those long those runs that Josh Oliver was renowned for doing the last ten games of last season. It's a massive upgrade, but for me, it's all about: is he worth half the half the wages that we're paying of him? I know, you know I know. Off, whether it's a hundred thousand, a lot of money, but can he can he pay us back? You know, if he if he gets the goals, <laughs> the assists, and keeping it physically strong in midfield. For me, it's that's it's all about the lack. I think we haven't got enough quality. Midfield. I think we've talked about this time and time yeah. again. So it's, you haven't got the quality midfield. You can stop your opposing teams winning the ball, but where's the quality coming forward. I think with him, we've got that physical strength. I totally active. agree. And he has, he's got goals in the tank and he, he can be a Absolutely. threat opposing teams. But the only day, the only question mark for me is how fit is he and how soon can he get the ground running?
1: Right. And, and that again, uh, I asked, uh, Alex Goldberg, who was on this show before mm. from the byline, uh, him and I were talking off air y- yesterday, and he told me because Russ, I'm going to be honest with you, I think he might just be 90% of what he was right now mm. coming back from this injury. And and I thought to myself, well, I'll take 90% of Ruben Loftus' cheek. He's not, he doesn't believe he's back to f- where he was one time. And it could, mm. again, he might never get to back to that player coming back from that injury. But you know what? Yeah. I think that uh, he still has a lot to offer. The mm-hmm. skill is still there, based yeah. on what Alex was telling me. So I'm really excited about yeah. about this. Max, your thoughts on this? Am I getting too overwhelmed by what could potentially happen? You know, again, I'm excited by this. You know, what are your thoughts about Ruben loftus
2: g It's the type of signing which gets me really excited because he is a Premier League player. That I think is the main thing. With look, he's at. a world class player. Yeah, I mean. This is a guy who played in the 2018 World Cup for England, <laughs> exactly, and, and did very well. And even more impressive, I think, for our situation, is what he's done with Crystal Palace. You know, that's he had right. that spell there, and that was a very similar situation. I think under uh, Frank De Boer, they lost the first six, seven, and Hodgson came in. I think they lost something like eight. First eight. they had a terrible start and lost. to Chico was part of that team who dragged them out of that terrible hole they're in. So he's been the mm-hmm. situation where he's been on loan to a team that's struggling. And got in them survival. And he's just so talented. I think he honestly might be the best player in our squad. He just mm-hmm. walks in as the best player in our squad because he is that good. Um, you know, I think he started against Brighton in Chelsea's first match. D- didn't really impress, but I think this is a perfect opportunity for him. He will play right. every single game here. At Chelsea, he'll never get that guarantee. That's Even when right. he's on superb form, he would play Europa League game. he might play League Cup games, go score a hat trick or something. It wouldn't make a difference for his first team standing in the Premier League. Here, he's the star of the show. I think he can really shine. And he's a midfielder, mm-hmm. like you guys have talked about. He bosses the match, and that's what we need. Yeah. We haven't had a player that strong, I think, Angisa's similar to him in, in that he can take over a match. But I think Loftus-Cheek is a cut above, and it's the Premier League experience is the biggest thing. He knows his mm-hmm. division. He yep. knows exactly what it takes. So few players in our squad currently have that Premier League know-how. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And back over to you, Emilio. I, I As
1: we're talking about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, we were talking about Anderson earlier. And what's interesting about these players, and we could also talk about Lamina as well, because I want to talk about this. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this. The buddy system. Mm-hmm. Ruben Loftus-Cheek played with Ana. okay? Mm-hmm. Anderson played with Tete. Lamina knows Seri and and Giza. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that these players know each other and have in some ways, not recruited them, but give, give them the thumbs up for them to come to Fulham, mm. I think is huge, Emilio. Yeah. And again, I just watched a video about Ruben Loftus Chic and he was talking about
3: Aina. And I have a feeling that's a factor in coming to Fulham. Absolutely. And I think the fact that these, like you said, these guys have all, you know, many of them are played with one another, but I agree with Max's point. We've we're starting to get Premier League quality. I'm not saying, you know I wouldn't say I wouldn't classify really Ruben lost as world class, but to your point, Russ. But yeah, he's a he's probably if not the top one, of the top two players in our in our in our club at the moment. And okay, we look now. The key thing for me, it's we've got two players for each position now. We didn't have that before. We were looking at bit part players in the championship. Either starting games this season or being a, a natural deputy in the Premier League—it's—it's—it's it's, it's crazy to be honest. You know, a lot, we invested a lot of play, a lot of money on Knockart and Caballero, which we questioned that last season because they—they they underperformed in the Championship. And to be honest, Knockart hasn't had a look in this season. No. Caballero is probably one of our worst players this season. So, hope I was expecting one or two of them maybe to be loaned out to, to keep the wage bill down, and well, maybe it's still time, you know, it's still time. The championship play teams yep. to pick these guys up, and to be honest, and it's still time for us to pick up some championship places. Well, we're going
1: to talk about that too.
3: <laughs> so for me, it's um we've got we've got quality and cover in all positions now. You know, you know, yep. it's going to it'll be interesting every weekend to predict who's just starting a lineup because now right. it's it's you know, it's anyone's guess. It's you mix know, and match. You can mix and match. Yeah, yeah it's going to mix and match, and we need competition for places and quality competition in places rather than. But well, if you underperform, your only competitor is somebody who's who barely played in the championship last season. So that's where I will take courage now. We've strengthened oh, in yeah. key areas, and we've got cover in those in all those positions. And there's still a lot of players we haven't even seen yet right. come alone. So who, you know, who knows? There might be a few other surprises in this squad. But that squad looks a little bit more stronger now, and that, that will only give us more opportunity to survive at this level. And look at Asperilla. Yep. they struggled a year ago. They barely survived. <laughs> look at their start of the season.
1: They've pushed on, and it's funny yeah. because I have totally did not give them the credit for what they've yeah. done, and uh, they belong. And uh, it, it bothers me to say that because I can't stand yeah. Aston Villa, but now I have to look at who they are now. Who would have thought that we would give up less goals than Liverpool?
3: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and crazy, isn't it? And that's the key thing: Aston Villa survived a season. That's right. This is next, about survival. Pushed on exactly this season. Get fourth from bottom. We haven't spent millions in the transfer window. It will then you'll get more fin- you'll get more financial payouts from Sky and other and other yep. broadcasters. You can then start to invest and take a few more risks next season to stay up and go up another level. And just like Aston Villa have done, they've they've brought That's some very intelligent done. signings. And these are players that we should have been linked with. But why would they come to Fulham where there was no, you know <laughs> the risk of relegation? Whereas these guys have gone to Aston Villa. Look, and they're pushing on. They're yep. great start. Imm- immaculate start for them.
1: Okay. Max, I'm going to go to you just for time's sake. We're talking about this. Our full done yet? And I'm going to share this because I know this is going to make Emilio smile. I have to share this This uh, <laughs> right here. He's going to smile when he sees this. Okay? Max, EFL transfer mm-hmm. window is still open. Am I dreaming thinking about a Wukman Mitro mm-hmm. Ben Rama triple attack up top? Mm-hmm. I would pay whatever it took to get Ben Rama here. I don't know if he would want to come here. But you know what, Max? Why not splurge on one or two players? I've actually tweeted this out. Why not? Again, you barely have spent money in transfer fees or loan fees. Why not on one or two players and Ben Rama would be one? What are your thoughts? Do you think that potentially could add
2: a player or two You know, in this EFL transfer period? I think Ben Rama would love to come here if it means he gets to play against Hector in training every day, and, and that, be, yeah, that was the best moment of his career. Oh. <laughs> um, but you know, in all seriousness, it would be great to get at someone like Ben Rama. Um, Steve Reynolds also mentioned, you know, Josh King from yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of good players in that in that lower division. The question is, yeah, are we done yet? I just don't. We I haven't heard us necessarily seriously linked with them. I know. And if it does happen, guys, it will happen at the deadline day of the EFL. It's not going to happen anytime before that. I can assure you. So we'll hold tight. But yeah, I think there are there's a lot of quality in the championship. We know that we've played there. I just don't know if a player like Ben Benrahm would choose us. To be completely honest, okay. I think he would have his his, um, his sights set a lot higher because I think he's a real deal. As we saw, he and is. I'd say an Everton, or Arsenal, or a team like that, or West Ham, even you know, cut above us, a more established Premier League club could take a gamble on him because his quality on the ball, it reminds me almost like Tarapt or Ben Arfa is the best comparison Um, to someone so skillful and so gifted. Right. And I understand
1: that, Maxim. Emilio, back to you. I'm sorry. If I'm Tony Khan, I go all in. I try Mm -hmm. to get someone like Ben Rama and actually Josh King for me would be secondary, but I would try to get Ben Rama because I think that would be a game changer. Yeah, And maybe Max is right. Maybe he wouldn't want to come. But I would try everything I could to get him to come to
3: fall. Yeah, we spoke about it. When did we speak about this on Saturday? When I was getting yeah. my cousins in it. You, you said this. Yeah, speculation was out there. I, I got a you know got a message from my cousins saying, "Look, it's, it's it's on the Sky Italia, you know, twenty four hour sports channel." There was a, there was a link there. So to be honest, I I believe it. it it's like it could come true. You know, Ben Rahm is able to is a quality enough player to want to play in the Premier League. I I still think it's possible. You know, the fact is we haven't got any, any covering in attack at the moment. For me, that suggests we're still exploring. And I agree with Max's point. We'll probably leave it to the last minute in the next couple of weeks. We haven't got a game. Well, Max is right. <laughs> it gives us time to explore and negotiate and what have you. But yep. for me, he would add quality, you know, why? That, we you know, we, we, we've had Cavallero there who's failed miserably this season and, you know, he's not up to this level. And the Wolves guy we spoke to uh, 14, 15 months ago, he, he told us all of this. We, we were warned, we my friend. Vividly, he was right, hundred percent right. So for me, it's not over yet. We still need offensive options. Yep, I told totally you. Mara agree. came off the bench on Sunday. You've got to bury those chances. And I've said it. You know, <laughs> we talked about that. Three or four chances. Just not good hit, enough. If you only yep. get three chances in a game, you've got to hit two of those three to score two goals. But if you're conceding three in the back, you're always you're going to lose every game. That's so. That's why now we can keep that tight back, maybe restricted to one goal on average a game. I did maybe two. Where your goal is going to come from at the moment, I can't see where we're going to score one, let alone two. So, um, maybe we haven't talked about it today, but it's you know, Mitrovic is obviously going to be the long term answer because obviously we haven't replaced him. But right. do we struggle when we when we're trying to play with Mitrovic in the side? You know, would we? You know, it's we've got no choice. We've got to see. We've got to play to his strengths. But for me, I, you know, we saw last season we played a lot more exciting football and looked more penetrating and dangerous when he wasn't playing albeit when he does play with scoring goals, you're not going to get those chances in the Premier League. And right. That's the thing for me. We just need more goals in the tank, and Rofter's Cheek will give us more threat. I think so. Packing wise And Lookman will, too. So. Luckman as well based on Sunday's that performance. That's another great positive. But for me, we need more goals. Okay.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think that they need to look at who they can add from mm. the championship. They know the championship, and these two players, I would be looking at both. Mm. And I just wanted to bring that up. Guys, to end the show, let's end this way. And it's kind of hard because again, this other window is still open. But let's rate the window, Max. Let's rate the window from one to ten. Give Fulham a uh, a rating, mm-hmm. you know. And again, a lot of these players are still coming in, you know, just coming in. Give it a rating. Be honest.
2: I wanted to say five, and I thought it's a bit too harsh. And I want to say five and a half, and I'm like, but is that how? It-? I'm going to say six. All right, okay. and here's why. I think if you just rate the deadline day, in a, not in a vacuum, that's an eight. That's an eight or a nine. That deadline day, mm-hmm. those are three players I think are desperately needed and they're superb players. Mm-hmm. I hope, but we can't view it in a vacuum. We have to view it in the sense where we've bought them, and we lost the first four matches and are rock bottom in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and the damage has been done. So the reason I'm saying it's a six is because I think if you look at the players he brought in as a whole, Tete, Areola, those yep. lo- likes them, Aina, um you know, Lamina Lookman. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the three deadline day. Harrison Reed as well. We can't forget that. Mm, yeah. Very needed players in, in positions we needed at good prices. That's it's excellent looking at overall, but the fact that we waited until the fifth of October to buy a central defender at all but you know by two, it just isn't good enough. And that's why I'm saying six. I, I want to be more optimistic. I want to be more complimentary because I think we did good business in the end. But the fact that it took this long is unacceptable. So okay.
1: All right. Before I get you ready, I have to share this from our friend, Steve Reynolds, for you, Amelia. We are one dimensional with Mitro. Need a forward.
3: Yeah. Sounds like you agree with Steve. Absolutely. I've been, I've been saying it, you know, for for months. Why was I apprehensive when we, when we won the playoff final two months ago? I was, you know, I remember doing the show straight after I wasn't as, you know, of course you're celebrating, obviously you're joyous at the, and the occasion, but it was always in the back of my mind, well, hold on a second, we're gonna struggle in the Premier League. None of the very few of these players are capable at this level. So that was always my apprehension. But if I'm gonna rate the transfer window, I think to be honest, I'm gonna be a more generous in Max. You know, I think the end of the day, timing of it, I agree with. I think we just could have done this a lot sooner, but then we know Tony Khan, we never leave we never do things early. It's always very much last minute. <laughs> so we shouldn't be surprised at that. But overall, looking at Lookman, two substitute appearances look very strong in both those games. Ariolas you know, kept us in the game on Sunday. We've got some great signings yesterday. We've got, you know, Tete's looking good. Hopefully he hasn't got a long-term injury here. And, you know, and a few backup players as well. Anthony Robinson, let's not forget Anthony Robinson. He's looked lively on Sunday. So I'm going to give seven and a half. I'm even going to push it up to the boundaries of eight. If you actually put aside the timing and the fact that we haven't got a a replacement striker, then I think eight out of 10, I think it's fairly generous. Net, net. Question is now, Burnley have not spent a penny on any signings. So for me... We should be grateful the club have done their hardest to get the right players they want at rock-bottom prices as well without spending the earth. And let's see how they integrate into the system, into the team. We need to start picking up points. There are many teams around us who are just as bad as us. So whilst there's that opportunity, you know, at the West Broms, the Burnleys, Sheffield Uniteds, between the four of us, three of those will go down, in my opinion. Right. question is, which three? Potential okay. Brighters' well get, get might get pulled into the mix. There's five teams there fighting for three places. and if we can get more goals in the tank, we've got every chance to win more games. So I'm excited. Okay. I'm, going to give, I'm going to give Tony Khan 8 out of 10. Wow.
1: Okay, I'm going to share this from our friend Roger Lewis in Spain. Nine if we get Ben Rahman King, six if we don't. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Again, what are the expectations from our fans? You know, we're, we're not a Chelsea. We're not an Arsenal. We haven't got billions to spend. You know, at the end of the day, Burnley has spent nothing. Brighton has spent less than us. Some of these other teams have spent less than us. So it's... It's we know that our failings, we know our weaknesses, but I'm not disrespecting Fulham. We're only Fulham at the end of the day, so we haven't got millions to, to splash out. So hence, we've got to be a little bit more prudent and sensible. So I, I think let's not criticise the owners. They're doing their best. They love this club and they have pumped in billions into this club. So let's keep supporting the club. Put aside his t- his tweets from last week and let's look forward to you know to start winning more games and celebrating with the team.
1: Okay, great stuff. Great show. Emilio, thank you for joining us for the second half. I appreciate it. No, thank you. For le- Sorry I came a little bit late, but yeah, I thought it would be that's good so- to join you
2: guys. And Max, thank you as always for
1: joining me. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, it's
2: good to have uh, the two of you guys on. It was really fun to be on as always, Russ, and nice to have Emilio mm-hmm. on. He's our second half substitute. He's like, look at <laughs> 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 Okay, second half.
1: That's very funny. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co host Max Cohen and Emilio Deneau, I'm Russ Cohen think as always.
0: That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDuckett share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply, see mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.